This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Ham's Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we continue Spooktober with The Shining. David Letterman. This movie came out in 1980. God damn it, Alex. <laughs> what? It's from The Simpsons. It's the uh, line. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Stanley Kubrick, written or based on the novel by Stephen King, screenplay by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson, apparently starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, Scatman Crothers, and others. Hey, that Scatman. Yeah. All right. Uh, this was my nomination. Uh, being as I was three years old when this came out, I did not see this in the theaters. Um, saw it several years later. I don't think I was in my late twenties, early thirties, actually. But I think by the time I got around to see this, um, I was like a red, probably a red envelope Netflix thing. Um, and yeah, I was didn't really watch it when it, didn't really want to watch it because everyone saw how scary it was. When I watched it, I really enjoyed it. Well, as creepy as it is, I don't find this hard to watch like other horror movies. I don't know if that makes any sense. So I've rewatched this several times since then. Really yeah, enjoy there's it. There's not really much in the way of, of jump scares or body horror in this. There's some, there's definitely some gore. But... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, since then I've seen some of those crazy documentaries on all the conspiracy theories behind Kubrick trying to let everyone know he faked the moon landing and all this other weird shit. <laughs> Just pretty hilarious. But, uh, yeah, it's a cool movie, and I wanted to talk about it. Uh, Scott, what's your history of this movie? So, I, I'd always been in the impression that I'd seen this at some point when I was a teenager. I definitely knew all the, the major beats, like sitting down to watch it again. But I, I don't remember when that would have been. Uh, so... It's like it, I'd seen it long enough ago that it felt like this was the first time I sat down to kind of really pay attention to it uh, and uh, cool. yeah, watch it on HBO Max. Yeah, me too. Nice. All right, Alex. Yeah, I think I've, my story is similar to Jeff's, where I saw it as an adult, probably in my mid twenties. I want to say that uh, I think somebody rented it. Or it was on cable, just passing through, and it was just like at the very start. It's like, oh, you know, I heard this was good, and it was a scary movie, so let's watch it. And uh, yeah, I was not disappointed. This movie's great. Yep. And as Alex already mentioned with the Simpsons quote, this is another one of those movies where I've seen the Simpsons spoof <laughs> before I actually saw the original. Yeah. Which spoils a little th- couple things, but not really. But you get the jokes now. You're like, oh. Yeah, I can't believe they the, actually. They Except actually cut off the television and the beer supply. No wonder he went crazy. Except between six and seven, that's Willie's time. Yeah. 
But yeah, in The Simpsons, when Willie shows up and gets axed, and <laughs> I really didn't... Because that was the whole theme of that episode of Simpsons, right? Willie keeps getting <laughs> axed and stabbed every time he shows yeah. up. So I didn't really know that was a thing from The Shining. So when that happens in this movie, I was like, whoa. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to get into it. As usual, we talk about seven items from the movie. I will go first. And uh, I'll just... I mean, there's so much to go with this, uh, but I'll just the way it starts off with just the ominous music and the the helicopter shots and just following the tr- the car in through the mountains and just those wide just it's just eerie right from the very beginning. He's like driving through beautiful countryside in the mountains. It just but you know, and I've seen stuff you pages in the credits go up as opposed to down. Whatever it is. It just throws you off right from the very beginning, and I freaking love it. Like I almost want to rewatch the beginning. I almost did it right now because I was as we were waiting for time because it's so cool and creepy. It so. it it I I agree completely, Jeff. And it's it's interesting that uh, this is also my number seven instantly. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. That that, that it's <laughs> it's that this opening shot is so effective, and it was like the one thing that he didn't really like. They basically paid a guy in a helicopter. <laughs> to, to, get these shots so you know kubrick famously you know would do like 100 takes mm-hmm. but they like use what the, this other guy gave him basically which which i thought was interesting and the music too like it's really the only kind of synth like non-classical or or um i don't know like 20s piece of music uh, just for these opening shots hmm yeah. No, Jeff. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, no, yeah. It's freaking very unsettling and just it's, and it's you know. Here's what it is. And I heard that the same scenes are used in Blade Runner. I think they said yes, like the unused, the, the what they didn't use from the movie, because uh, they had because uh, uh, Ridley Scott had to go back to recut some stuff because the studio was like, no, this isn't gonna work. When they put in like the the happy ending, quote unquote. So they they used the the same footage that the helicopter guy got. But they didn't use in The Shining. Crazy. Oh wow. Um, all right. Well, I think you guys also that was your number seven. So is there anything else to add before I move on to my number six? No, no um, just again, interesting that it's something so effective that Kubrick really didn't have a whole lot to do with. Yeah. I'm sure the editing and music and all all that stuff, right? I mean, yeah, he he obviously like picked out the footage like footage yeah. that got used like, he definitely had his hand on it but it wasn't behind the camera you know he he like picked out this one piece of music out of like the hours of whatever these people made uh so mm-hmm. it's also very effective at conveying to the audience visually which this movie does very well a lot of visual storytelling that it's like how isolated this hotel is right like, away from right. any semblance of civilization that is true. It's setting up. Just look how far they have to drive, and then there's no one else out there. It's the whole, the different ways horror movies have set up, like, why don't you just get out of the house and run away scene, right? You can do it in spaceships, like an alien. You can do it here in the middle of nowhere. You can do it the thing in Antarctica. There's just different ways that storytellers tell, like, just to keep that, like, just freaking leave. Nope, can't. Middle of nowhere, and it's snowy. Yeah. My distributor cap was all fucked up. And there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, then, uh, on to my number six. And uh, so many, but I'm just going to say Danny. Uh, I 
I, we've talked about this before. Kids in movies could really hurt a movie, and what I don't know, it's, it's probably he was fine, but the way Kubrick used him, and you know, for the stories where he didn't even know he was in a horror film, right? He's just Kubrick's having ride a tricycle around the hotel, and those yeah, little girls big, are there. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. You might like one of them. I don't know. Like just, but his whole performance, talking with the finger foaming and just you know being yeah everything about danny in this movie is uh freaking awesome and it's mm-hmm. scary but not like creepy like, i don't know how to scare it like he's he, i like the he, subtlety there i guess i, I think to say. he's he's creepy but he still feels like a real kid yes yeah. he, if he walks so, in the so room he's not he's not like the Culkin kid in the the what the good son the signs where he's just oh. like a weirdo yeah that that's true i also say he's not the omen kid either damien he's not right. damien either where, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh i don't know just it's he's creepy but not at the same time and even when he's doing his little tommy or tony voice at the beginning it's not that weird it's just later on i guess when red mm-hmm. room it's like anyway <laughs> It's a personality. Uh, Danny Boy is my number six. So, Scott, what's oh, yours? Danny Boy. Number six are the... Red rum, red rum the, is the calling. Two, the two bar scenes. Um, yeah. So there's already, yeah. there's already been weird stuff happening. I think uh, Danny sees the, the hacked up twins before the bar scene. Um, and there's yes. already weird supernatural stuff going on. But the bar scene's really the first time that... that we step out of reality. <laughs> uh, and yeah, just the, the weird conversation he has with the bartender. Um, and the, it's so easy to read into the lines uh, that, that the bartender's feeding him. Um, and and the, whatever the subtext there is supposed to be. Uh, I, I will say this about The Shining. Like this, it's really made me think a lot harder than a lot of the stuff we've watched recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for better or worse. Uh, better so yeah better uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but just like the fact that the bartender's like oh your credit's fine here and then yeah. he asks you know who well who's who's paying it and the bartender basically says don't worry about it <laughs> and, well uh, one point course, one time he goes it's on the house which the is second creepy. time the second time he goes yeah. Yeah, he basically says your money's no good here or is right. house uh, that's a little more on the nose of of what the the hotel the is is the hotel an entity is it just a collective collection of these these like violently dead ghosts uh, or whatever else may be happening um, mm-hmm. but yeah they're they're sucking him in with the, with the uh, his his weakness for for alcohol um, yeah just the the way that. You know, instantly like that guy's not supposed to be there, and how his personality kind of flips the switch, uh, where he becomes very uh, verbose and 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 charming to a degree as he's talking to the bartender, even though he's still being kind of an asshole. Um, yeah, you know, just kind of kind of drive home the point of you know this is this is him uh, like escaping uh, his, his his reality and becoming whatever it is that. The house wants him to be, uh, but yeah. Again, I just like both those scenes and, and the subtext there. That 
Um, the first time he pulls out his wallet, he doesn't have any money. Um, and then the second time he does have money, and then they tell him it's no good. Um, the the subtext there maybe being that, uh, like, no, no, you've already paid us. Like, you may not know it yet, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you're going to be paying us. Uh, so, anyways, I, I just like both of those, and just how kind of stiff the bartender is. and uh, So, the question. Um, it looked like he was pouring Jack Daniels, not bourbon. Am I wrong about that? You're right. Okay. Mm, I didn't see. No, it was definitely Jack Daniels. So... And even the subtleties of whiskey versus, you know, Tennessee whiskey versus bourbon, I don't know the, the differences. So. Well, but, but it's like, you would never, like... I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing for, like, it, it's probably not probably nothing to read into. Probably uh, not. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just like it's hard deep. not to want to read into everything the way like again like Kubrick is just so compulsive with his filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you guys seen that documentary Room Two Three Seven? No, I kind of don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> they read ev- into I, I think everything. I'm kind of happy with my interpretation of, of what's going on. Yeah, I, I, just, uh, I don't need too much more, but. Uh, but but you say don't I mean that, I mean they say Kubrick there are no accidents everything I, I mean it's it's ridiculous <laughs> and some of the stuff you think about like oh okay but no no but okay you know what I'm saying like just real quick the stuff where he's locked in the cabinet and there's the baking powder with Indian head on it and it's always in frame because there's the whole thing with the uh, Indian burial grounds, and then mm-hmm. the there's a ski poster in the the games room, and it actually, if you look at it the right way, it looks like a minotaur because that's what Jack turns into when he's in the maze later on. It, I mean, they he <laughs> go down everything. Not to mention that later on, Danny's wearing an Apollo Eleven shirt, right. faking the moon land. I mean, there is, and that's just I, a high I, level. I stuff. think I think that he was uh, like. Beyond perfectionist, but it was a shot by shot thing. Like he filmed it, he filmed the shot until he was happy with the shot. I don't, I don't think yeah. there was like a master plan there necessarily. Beyond like whatever, like he felt like putting in that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes more sense to me. There's another one. So the very sorry, there's another one that makes me laugh. When Danny, remember when he's like brushing his teeth and he hits the mm-hmm. uh, the vision. When he's still at home, this is even before they even go to out the uh, overlook. Yeah. And then the next scene, he's like in the hospital bed and the doctor's looking over him. Well, as you pan in on him, there's a sticker, a bunch of stickers on his door, and there's one of Dopey from Snow White. The next time you see him, when the doc- and after he has the vision, the Dopey sticker is removed. So that could be A. Eh, they forgot to put the sticker back on. <laughs> or B. Right. After this event, he is no longer a dope and he's been opened his mind <laughs> and now and they call him doc who's the smartest uh dwarf doc like it was... <laughs> People just yeah, yeah it's a bit of a stretch there <laughs> yeah. oh yeah and this scene shelly duvall blinks out in morse code <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you slow it down to 24 frames well, well, she okay. probably was blinking SOS to help her from standing. <laughs> she probably yeah, was. Yeah, it's another another she notorious bit of movie lore was, was her treatment on this. Issue. Yeah. With the hands of All right. Yeah. Did Robert Duvall go over there and kick his ass? <laughs> Wait, are they no, related? No relation. I don't think they're no, no relation. Oh, I thought they were. 
brother and sister. All right. Oh. All right. So uh, that was Scott number six. So Alex number six. Yeah, my number six is Holleran. Uh, I like th- that he you mean Willie. Uh... <laughs> Willie. Groundskeeper. Oh right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like how he helps him out. He's saying, "Hey, you're not, uh, you're not the only one that has, you know, what he calls the shining and everything." When he's talking yeah. to Danny, he does. I think he does find Tony a little bit strange, uh, but he, I, I guess he figures out that yeah. Oh man, this kid's like been through some shit for Tony to be, you know, part of his personality. And that's how, you know, he manifests the Shining. Uh, but <clears throat> I absolutely love how much time Kubrick takes to get <laughs> Hollerin all the way from Miami back to Denver <laughs> to the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> like, you see him on the phone call. He's trying with the troopers. He gets on a plane. You see him on the airplane. You see the airplane landing. He gets to the airport. He starts calling his friend because he needs the... Uh, uh, what call it? One of those tractors, a snow, a snow tractor to get to to get out to the Overlook Hotel. It's gonna take him five hours to get there, and then get the tractor, and then go to the Overlook. <laughs> he finally gets there, takes ten steps into the hotel, <laughs> seeing if everybody's all right, and then gets axed in the chest. That's fucking brilliant. Oh my gosh! Because the whole time you're like, oh man, he's gonna get there. He's gonna save. You know, Danny and Wendy and everything is going to be okay. <laughs> why would they spend so much time <laughs> building up Halloran's return to the hotel? It's like, yeah. oh, this is so cool. been like after Apollo retired, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, so do they... I know he was, you know, he's, you know, a nice little exposition there where he's describing Shining, what is the Shine... Yeah. Had he ever met? I don't remember. Has he said he's? Has he ever met anyone before that shines except for him or him and his grandma? I think he said right. Yeah. No, well, yeah. I think I think he's he he says that like some people have it, so he had to have. Yeah, I guess. Come mm-hmm. across some other people like that. Yeah. Okay. I think it it's a testament to Danny's strength in the shining that he can like from across the country signal hollering that something's wrong yeah by the way that's another thing i guess this is not like a <laughs> is this is this gonna be connected to the weird photos of the naked women that, that <laughs> has in his bedroom yeah that was I that was so weird. weird that was hot it was a hotel room too that's why it wasn't like it was his bachelor I thought, that was his, I thought that was his place i, I heard yeah, it was his hotel too. room because he was oh, yeah. staying in Miami, but maybe not. Okay. Anyway, oh, maybe it's a certain type of hotel. <laughs> but no, apparently in the book, whenever you shine, or he said he shines, he smelled oranges, which you can't convey on the on the TV show or the movie. But every time they're shining, there's orange on the screen. Like that's at one point when he's driving, then there's the the car wreck, and the guys are wearing orange vests on the road, and the airplane there's orange headrests and. I don't know, just crazy stuff, man. Oh, all right, I'm gonna have to look out for that next time. That's cool. But I mean, it re- means nothing really to the watcher. Who cares if it smells like oranges? But I guess if you read the book, yeah, yeah. And I guess the Tarosi people don't know. Stephen King hates this version of his <laughs> Famously, book. Famously, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess... he really showed Kubrick when he did his miniseries. <laughs> yeah, I guess the main reason he didn't like it is because. <laughs> 
Jack Torrance shows up and he's already unhinged. Like he's gonna go crazy as soon as you see him. Uh, whereas in his book, the guy is just a normal man has has not broken his son's collarbone. Does not just like see that darling. He read it on the saw it on the television. Like he's not already in uh, frazzled the way he is. So I think guess that was his main concern. Which well, he, I guess I get. Also, if he's the... also bitching about uh, Shelley Duvall. It's also. Okay. The main thing I heard, though, was that he didn't mm-hmm. like that. He wanted it to be every day. It was supposed to be him. He based it on himself when he stayed at this hotel. and so. But whatever. This movie's way better than that crap they made. Oh, so Stephen King is an abusive drunk, is what you're saying. Well, like no, that, that was also part of it. It was like his, <laughs> Just own, like Jack. his own battling, you know, his own demons yeah. with alcoholism. And mm-hmm. the movie... I, I actually don't think the movie really makes a comment on it one way or the other. I think he just happens to be an alcoholic. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what you guys think about that. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that was the main on, on, on alcohol no. in general. Although, yeah. technically, they were like that party was supposed to be going on during Prohibition. Uh, I think it's just one more reason, one more checkbox that the hotel has. To bring him over to, right? That, to that's the that's that, yeah. No, that's yeah. that's that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Which which again, maybe Stephen King wanted it to be more of a like less of a crutch for the character. <laughs> waste your family, and I'll give you a beer. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the other thing, I guess they made the movie is more ambiguous about. It's not may not even be uh, house doing anything or paranormal. He just a family going crazy. Which there's a couple things you have to figure out, like unlocking the pantry how that happens but maybe yeah. it's happens off screen maybe he went through a different door who knows but you never actually see it's possible that it's not all it's all in their heads yeah the yeah i was thinking about that like i, I don't know how, how deep you want to get into some of these things uh, but let's do it um so yeah the pantry is really the only thing that you can't really yeah. explain away as not being in his head um yeah, but towards was- the end like uh, Wendy's clearly seen shit. Like the house is showing her things. Yeah. Um, but to that, before that point, and Danny's obviously seeing stuff, but it's a little different for him. Um, whereas for again for for Jack, uh, like that's the one thing that he couldn't have like done himself. Because um, uh, you know, reading some of the trivia, and I I didn't notice this while watching. Apparently. There's always mirrors around yeah. when, he, when he's mm-hmm. talking to people, except in that one scene. But then, you know, he's talking through the door. Uh, but the door is a silver. It's a. Yeah, like it, a, is, it is. It, yeah, yeah, it is kind of shit. refrigerator door. Yeah. 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 So that's why I read that, too. Um, and also, like I said, there could be another way. You don't see him get out. So it is possible he just there was a back door or whatever. She didn't lock it correctly. Uh, it's possible. I, I mean, I want to. Th- I think there's other stuff going on here. I mean, uh, Danny. I mean, he just little boy who has his imaginary friend. He could obviously be seeing things. Now he does show up with the bruises on his neck when he goes in the room two three seven. Could he have done that to himself? Could Jack have done it? We don't know, right? Because you don't see it happen once again. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Where's that evil lady? Yeah. Or, I mean, could there just have been another person in the house the whole time? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Original, 
or as an alternate ending for this, um, I forget how Jack dies, but um, it ends with a shot of the the scrapbook, and you see like like a random hand grab it and pull the book off screen, and then you hear footsteps walking away. So and, and that and that person would not have been any of the other characters. Yeah. Um, so that was an alternate ending there. So, um, yeah, that that's another possibility. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, Interesting. Yeah, that, that's the one thing. Like, like that you can't explain away though, as far as like Jack doing everything, or the kid maybe doing it to himself, um, you know, psychosomatic or whatever. Uh, he's the door. I kept I kept waiting for the voice to tell him like, like, hey dummy, if you look in the corner, there's an axe. <laughs> There's a fire axe, and you can just hack your way out of here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so speaking mm-hmm. of the alternate Indian, so I, I used to play hockey with a guy who was a movie agent. I think I've told you guys about him before. Yeah. When when he was, he told, we were at dinner one time, and he was telling stories. When he was cutting his teeth in the business, he was the intern or assistant to uh, Stanley, uh, someone who was either Stanley Kubrick's agent or a close friend or some somebody really close to him. And he asked if he would come and uh, watch a screening of Shining. Um, the boss couldn't go, so he sent my buddy instead to go watch it for him. And it was one of the alternative innings. But Kubrick said, okay, well, I may not use this. You can't tell anybody what you saw here or something like that. And then, So I asked him. He's like, no, even to this day, he's dead. Wow. I ain't telling you. So wow. he said he didn't see it. He did say what I think he said what we see is better than what he saw, but he did see it. Interesting. So I always thought that was pretty mm. cool. Yeah, um, that that is very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, excuse me. All right. Oh, we're on to my number five now. Uh, well, and that was my number six. It was Halloran, and we went off on a change it. Yeah. So my number five, right? I think it's Scott's number six. No, Scott did his number six. I'm oh, okay, well then, yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. It's For been a million years since we... Let's go back to the list after three years. <laughs> I know. Uh, my next... The Lloyd the Bartender scene. Scott already talked about it, but... Love it. It's so creepy. It's so... It's Jack mm, being Jack. Uh, it's delicious. Yeah. I actually paused the movie and got myself a glass of... I actually got bourbon when I watched it last night. <laughs> uh, pretty good and it just uh yeah it's a good scene we already talked about it so that's it uh scott number five uh number five is all the steady cam stuff um so this this is like still kind of new technology when this movie's made uh and actually brought in the guy that basically invented it to to run it um they 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 use it to such great effect here like it's hard Mm -hmm. to believe that it, it was still kind of a new thing um, and you know some of the trivia is funny like the those the super cool shots of of Danny riding around the hotel um, they do like three times four times maybe um, when they're following him it was the guy working the steady cam but they put him in like a wheelchair <laughs> and they would push him along <laughs> at, at the at the speed Danny was going uh I thought that was an interesting bit of trivia, uh, but yeah, it just it, it looks so good. 
Um, yeah. And it's those those scenes where they're following Danny around. Um, it's it's very ominous. As I was watching, I couldn't I couldn't decide whether this was just to show that 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 Danny was kind of navigating the 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 hotel kind of like the maze outside mm-hmm. where he's just kind of going through it like maybe in a different way that than than his mom or dad would um or if we were supposed to get the impression that something's actually following him mm-hmm. um, maybe like keeping an eye on him yeah the only thing that yeah. the only thing that I, I i thought was kind of definitive about that I, I mean i still didn't really answer my question though was at the end when we're running through the maze we we still get the shots of Danny from behind, but when we get the shots of Jack, it's from him forward. So he's now the force that's following Danny, hmm. in a way, um, which which kind of leads me to believe that yeah, something in the hotel was really following him around. Um, but either way, it's just a very effective way to to use the space they would created um, and all these these amazing set pieces, um, and uh, yeah, just. In general, this like, steady cam was all over the place, and it was great. The, the the scene when uh, she's fending him off with the baseball bat is like she's slowing, slowly going back up the stairs. Um, that that was some some great steady cam work, um, and and you see it, uh, you know, throughout the the movie, um, you know, and it and it's always kind of uh, uh, a little uncomfortable. You know, they they he switches a lot from these kind of long cold shots and then all of a sudden there's, the, there's a scene with action and, and uh, you know just and it's just something very mundane like like again Danny uh, walking around or um, or maybe uh, Wendy making some rounds around the hotel uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I just thought it was some really cool uh, camera work uh, so I thought that was worth pointing out I agree. I have a little bit more about to say about this later, but yeah, definitely agree. All right, Alex. Fact, oh, sorry. Quick fun fact: uh, Halloween. Also, most of the budget for Halloween was uh, in Steadicams. They bought like three rigs. <laughs> there you go. There Leave the is. future. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think Rocky was the first time they ever used Steadicam. Yes. Uh, more more so. fun bit of trivia: the the guy again. Doing the, their steady cam guy was only supposed to be on board for six months, which is like usually all you need to, to film a, a low budget film like this. Because um, he had to go do Rocky Two, oh, so right. I guess he he had he wound up having to like commute um, from wherever they were filming Rocky Two in the U.S. back to England <laughs> like once a week. Like it sounds awful. <laughs> yep, to, to finish out the film. All right, uh, Alex, number five. Number five is Danny. What a great casting choice. Um, his, I thought it was uh, a little bit heartbreaking that his eyes were always like kind of puffy and red, as it like he's crying in his sleep or something. You know, something off screen that you don't really see, but it always, you know, makes him look a little bit off. Uh, yeah, you always, uh, Danny always is a little bit weird. He has Tony. To protect him, and th- that he switches to Tony every once in a while, uh, but you st- you still want to protect the kid, like you said. He's he's still like a he's weird, but he's not like a super creepy kid like we 
like we said. So great casting yeah. choice. Great, great direction. All right. Yeah. Um, on to my number four, and it would be kind of the Jack uh, axe wielding scene. Um, him coming down the hallway and going after Shelley Duvall in the uh, in her room. The, the famous, you know, here's Johnny, and just it's just so iconic that I had to include it on this list, and him just slamming into the the door. And then another thing, I didn't know, I didn't see. I knew the scene was great or it was weird and I liked it. I didn't someone pointed out on a video I watched is with every axe swing, the camera's actually following the head of the axe. Oh yeah. Not, not staying yeah. on him or the door. So it's like axe goes back, axe the camera slams into the door. The camera goes back. It just it's so good. You know, and, it, and, as as I was watching him tear open those doors with the axe, um, I, I thought to myself, on a Kubrick movie, like how many doors did they go through? <laughs> And the trivia talks about this. Like, they went through a shitload of doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicholson had to earn his money <laughs> for those shots. <laughs> there was, uh, oh, I read another bit of trivia concerning the doors. Is that Jack at the time had a previous experience as a volunteer fire marshal. Right, right. So yeah. the first the first few doors that they made for him were really weak, and he tore through them like nothing. So they had to build them stronger doors. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, so it, it's not really on my list anywhere, but it kind of ties into what you're saying, Jeff. Is the uh, again that it, it's such a great line uh, when she's fending him off with a baseball bat. I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, hold off on. Okay, that. sorry. I, I don't <laughs> say anything then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so specifically the crash to the bathroom with the axe, and here's Johnny, which is not apparently an improvised line and all that great stuff. So that's my number four. Scott, which number four? Uh, my number four, um, just just more of the 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 camera work, but specifically um, the the sets here, um, the hotel, um, all the indoor shots were were these are all sets. Of the created um, the the outdoor of, of the hotel that's an actual hotel in Oregon um, but everything else is indoor and yeah these are just crazy set pieces they have uh, with the the gold room the Colorado room uh, just the the hallways uh, with the, the different carpeting uh, I mean even their their apartment becomes an important set piece uh, at, the, at the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, just, just they use all the space, uh, especially in the Colorado room. Uh, we get all these long shots of, of kind of from different angles of him. Um, you know, he's at the typewriter. Uh, you know, the, the scene where he's throwing the tennis ball. Um, yet another thing with the, with the Native Americans, mm-hmm. where he's throwing the tennis ball against the... The, whatever that iconography is, mm-hmm. um, as he probably shouldn't be, uh, the, uh, the the kitchen set, um, the freezer turns out to be kind of a red herring. <laughs> yeah. he, he goes through the whole the whole thing about explaining how the freezer is supposed to work, and then it doesn't happen again. I think I guess it's important to to like show how they're going to eat for. 
for five months, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was the it was the dry. I forget what he calls it. The the pantry, put dry storage. Um, yeah, that where where he actually gets locked in. Um, Eating some Oreos in there, taking yeah, a nap. That sounds thing. that sounds great. It's peanut butter. Yeah, with a concussion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you got to take a nap after you get concussed. Obviously, there's the probably the, the most iconic thing uh, from this movie: the the elevator. Uh, well, it's it's kind of hard to argue what the most iconic thing is, but yeah, it, the, if you take things without Jack Nicholson in them, uh, the, the elevator doors uh, mm-hmm. would, would be up there, uh, endlessly parodied <laughs> uh, in, in other movies. But uh, it just just the, ocean just spray cra- commercials. It's just crazy. Like I. I <laughs> I always considered like Ridley Scott yeah. like the like the ultimate uh, like set guy, um, but here everything is so effective. Like everything, the sets, the the colors. Uh, there's like red everywhere, mm-hmm. um, but uh, there's still kind of a, like a warm glow throughout the whole thing, which kind of belies how cold it is outside. Uh, so. And anyways, just uh, adding on more to the to the way it was shot and, and how things were set up. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is all the sound effects, all the stingers that they put in. It's just fantastic. You got the ominous score and everything, and even though nothing's like scary per se, but you they cut like to Danny's face or, and then they have like a little stinger so you know oh shit some shit's going down uh, shit like ball turns and there's a stinger and then you see the uh, pig bear man bear pig going down on some <laughs> dude in a tuxedo it's just awesome timing great timing great use of uh, like the ominous tones to lull you into a false sense of security and then sting you when it's like something really important just great overall I mean, just Danny riding around the trike, yeah, is is like unsettling, like mm-hmm. just the sound it makes of him rolling around in the the halls. Yeah, it was like on the carpet, off the carpet, on the carpet, just different sound effects. And by the way, don't you want to get in a big wheel and ride around a hotel? Because that looked pretty fun. <laughs> that to me. Look <laughs> yeah, I was actually getting a little nervous because I'm like, he's going to scratch up that floor. <laughs> it's hardwood floor from like the the nineteen the early aughts. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't scratch-resistant. All right, anything else? Nope, that's it. Sound All right. Great. All right, oh, my number three is the typewriter scene. Uh, scary as shit. Uh, her, her head just peering over the typewriter. It's a great way to set up the scene. And just reading the initial lines of, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And then just going through the pages and pages and pages and... He's obviously insane yeah. and different indentation. You know, he's just doing haiku form or whatever. He's just doing all the sorts of different things. And just to realize, like, how long this fucker, this guy that you're with, your husband, is, is insane. <laughs> this fucker. He's never going to finish this book writing like this. How's he going to feed the family after we're done with this job? Uh, just so the real her realization, all that going through her, and then he appears from behind her and just... 
all that stuff. And then as we talked about going up the stairs, and then the one line I think Scott almost spoiled, which is my, my favorite lines from the movie, is, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> you didn't let me finish, darling. Light of my life. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. <laughs> God damn <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh god, and she's swinging, she's choking up in that bat more than Barry Bonds. She's swinging out of it. <laughs> and uh she she gets him. And uh Yeah. But just yeah, him just everything he's saying and oh god, and just yeah, how yeah. So that entire scene and once again in that big was that the Colorado room you said? I guess I didn't know the name yeah. of it, but just yeah. oh so good so good. It's a canyon Road room. <laughs> Can you need room? All right, that's my number three. So, Scott, what's your number three? Number three is the manuscript. So, yeah, just the the realization that this is what he's been typing the whole time. Uh, you know, after the rest of the movie keeps coming back to him typing and how he flips out um, when she suggests leaving because he's got to keep working. Um, yeah, it's, it's just very effective. Uh, it, it, you know, it, I, when this movie came out, it kind of bombed. <laughs> Critics and audiences didn't really get it because uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, wasn't really a slasher flick. It wasn't a monster movie. Like, it was very like psychological. And even the fact that um, he doesn't do like a jump scare while she's reading the paper, like, kind of shows you no. that. Is much yeah. more like unsettling um, that you know he slowly comes out uh, to confront her about about reading it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that 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 whole thing, and then of course I saw the Simpsons before this. So. <laughs> I took the piss out of it a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> but still. Yeah, I. One of the documentaries I saw or reviews, they said that Alien, Omen, and this came out the same year, um, 1980, which I thought Alien was 79, but maybe what country you lived in makes a difference on that. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's a pretty good three horror movies right there in one yeah. year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely different takes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then we're on to Alex, number three. My number three is just the Overlook Hotel as just a character. It's one of those uh, classic definition of a uh, set piece being a character in and of itself. From the outside being like a giant castle-like structure to the, the lavish rooms on the inside. All the hallways and the creepy, that weird pattern on the, on the carpet when Danny's going through it. And even the, um, this time around, I noticed how the kitchens were, were like the least threatening part of the hotel, uh, for, for most of it. And maybe (laughs) I'm going a little bit documentary 237 on this, but maybe it's because, uh, Halloran, it was the head chef, then maybe he's, his positive, his positive shining has, uh, cleansed the kitchen a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it, it didn't seem as threatening, of course, until <laughs> Shelly Duvall has to put uh, uh, Jack in the, in the dry pantry. But even then, yeah, yeah not, a lot, not a lot of bad stuff, quote-unquote, happens in the kitchens. Yeah, him just kind of raging a couple times and knocking shit over, but nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, the the Overlook Hotel, awesome. All right. Well, that leads into my uh, number two, which you guys have both kind of talked about it now is the slow, steady cam shots of the hotel. All the slow pans and slow moving. And how, David's slow pans. <laughs> how big it is in the frame compared to everybody else. Meaning just how empty that building is, but just how also mm-hmm. it's the, it's a character in itself. Just it's just it's uneasy, man. And uh, oh yeah, and just everything about it and then another thing i read or not read was in that documentary was the house they keep showing exterior shots of it and if you pay attention the when you're inside it makes no sense how the outside of the house the hotel looks so the one thing they always say at the very beginning when jack nicholson goes on the interview he makes a couple turns and that office that he is with there should no, not there should not be an outside window there now, once again, this could just be who cares? That's an establishing shot inside. They need a window for light, you know, a light source or whatever. Or Kubrick's a genius and he wanted to put you off and not uneasy. I don't know. But whatever it is, it does make you uneasy. And the whole time mm-hmm. you're there, the, the pans and the just giant frames. Ugh, it's awesome. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. So that's my number two. Scott. Okay. So my number two uh, is the, the the hedge maze and the ending. Um, kind of combining things here. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the hedge maze as, as a, another set piece um, is just so effective. Um, you know, again, some, some great camera work here going back to the Steadicam thing. Uh, just... Um, him running out of steam uh, toward the end of, of the chase. Um, Danny kind of outsmarting him. Um, you know, going back to reading into things again here. Um, you know, just... It's uh, hard not to with this movie. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> erasing his trail. Like, uh, you know, the as if he were, like... Uh, like he lived in the wilderness, like the Native Americans did, or, or something like that. Um, but um, yeah, he he makes good his escape. Um, they they get out on the snow cat, and that's the last you see of them. And then there's obviously the the shot of him frozen, uh, which is just a, a little shocking. Yeah, it's um, a bit spooky. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's jump very, scare. Like fi- finality to it. And then ultimately, um, I, I don't know. Are you guys going to be talking about the photo some more? Um, no, uh, I'm not. But yeah, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So then it pulls into the to the photo of, of him standing in front of, of this uh, New Year's celebration that would have taken place. Um, and that's the crazy thing. It was New Year's, right? No, yeah. it's July Fourth. Oh yeah, it's July Fourth. It said July. 4th. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, but uh, yeah, July fourth, like nineteen twenty one. There's mm-hmm. a shot of him in the in the photo. Um, there's been a lot of speculation about that. <laughs> um, you know, he, did he basically get just added to the photo afterward? Um, I, I think either way, I think everybody agrees. Like he's now part of the hotel, if he wasn't mm-hmm. to begin with anyway. Um, 
was he like some kind of reincarnation? Um, you know, is is there like a groundskeeper um, that this keeps happening to periodically? Uh, and he happens to be the the one um, that that gets it this time. Um, oh, you it, mean the chef? Hmm. You mean the? Because Holleran was the head chef, not a groundskeeper. Right. I'm not following you, Alex. Well, because you said if this happens to like some groundskeeper, like every once in a while, it's like, well, we didn't see a groundskeeper in this movie. Well, the Grady guy was, wasn't he? Yeah. The guy who murdered his kid, his wife and kids. Oh, he was the okay the caretaker. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, the caretaker, not oh, caretaker. I was thinking, I was thinking oh, groundskeeper oh. Willie. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I might have conflated the two, but all right, um, I, I get what you're saying. Now. Caretaker, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, that, that this happens to happen to, uh, you know, is it is it destined to happen again? Um, I I don't think any of that is all that important. I think the the important takeaway is that that he, the hotel has claimed him. Um, he, yeah. He's 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 part of the the weird sort of unholy menagerie um, that's going on there. Um, so uh, and and I, I liked all of it. Uh, that was uh, a fairly spooky way to end things um, without doing the, like, question mark or, oh, the killer disappeared. Kind of thing, right? <laughs> hey, uh, Ming the Merciless doesn't pick up a ring? Yeah, yeah, movie. exactly. <laughs> There's no weird sound effect. Um, yeah, it's, it's all just very effective, like, last, like, ten minutes. Or whatever it was. So... Mm-hmm. That that picture, um, Laura's parents' house in their bathroom. They have a picture. It's similar. It's an old black and white photo of a bunch of old timey <laughs> people at a party. And every oh, time no. I'm there, I'm in that bathroom. I'm like looking to see if I see Jack in there, and I don't. <laughs> and then I always thought it would be cool if I ever opened up like an Airbnb or something. I'd be like, Hey, give me your give me your of uh, someone who you want to scare, and I'll put their face on this picture. And every single time, <laughs> I'll just have a new face for every single time someone shows up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Alex, number two. My number two is the shot composition. Just the way this this movie was filmed. Kubrick, who <laughs> was oh, notoriously just a pain in the ass to work with, but brilliant. Um, most, I mean, we've talked about the Steadicam work, uh, everything else, but what, what really caught my eye this time is uh, during the. Uh, the first confrontation scene where Wendy goes to tell Jack about, oh, the weather, you know, they said it's going to be a pretty bad storm, and Jack makes the new rule. Uh, his, when you see from Jack's perspective, he's kind of off kilter and everything, and and uh, of course his demeanor's off, but the chair is is uh, off to the side and everything, but Shelley Duvall is just like a straight shot, and the curtains in the background are perfectly framing her, her close-up. And I just thought that was brilliant. Like she's got, she's level-headed. She's still keeping her mind busy and everything. She's more or less unaffected by by the hotel. While uh, on the opposite end, you know, juxtapose uh, Jack's shot in the scene uh, where he's all, you know, in, at different angles, the chairs all crooked and everything. It's just brilliant. A lot of little moments like that. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Well, uh, my number one is Jack himself. Um, it's awesome. I mean, as we mm-hmm. talked about, <laughs> but the, any iconic scenes that don't include him, which means he's in a lot of the ones that are iconic. Um, just, yeah, seeing him go nuts. So like I said, I, I I guess I can see Stephen King's point of view of the way he envisioned it. It's not that. But whatever it is, it definitely works for this movie. He is nuts. There's like the one scene where... Uh, Shelley Duvall and Danny are outside. He's just staring at him through the window. It's so creepy. Oh, yeah. The full metal jacket stare. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> the Kubrick stare. Yeah, the Kubrick stare. Um, and just if you talked about him having, like, the nightmare and him sleeping and just him being so dismissive of her, too. You know, she's like, we go on a walk. And he's like, nah. Just everything. He's just, he's just creepy and good. The interactions with Lloyd in the bar. Later on when... Grady is like trying to clean his suit, and he's like, "You're the, you know, he's putting two and two together, kind of, and, um, yeah, everything with him, badass. The, oh, the scene where he had his head up against the door in the dry pantry, and that shot facing up at him, and yeah. Uh, so I, I, I didn't see him as being crazy when he got there. I think he's definitely I, a little on edge. Yeah, not crazy, on edge. He said the way Stephen King said it, he was based it on himself, just a normal guy going there. There was nothing. Yeah. He didn't have the backstory of him already breaking his kid's collarbone, and then you know the one, the, Daddy, I'm hungry. Well, maybe you should have ate before you got here. You know, like he's, no, no, that's completely normal. <laughs> that is a hundred percent parent, a hundred percent normal. Here's another example. Did you I'm hear that? Saying. Did you hear that? He saw it on the television. And well, when the lady, when the manager tells him. All the bad stuff that's happened there, and you know, what, what, not only you, what about your wife and kids? They'll be fine. <laughs> Wouldn't you mention this to, to like it's just so he is that he is not He's a normal very person. Flawed when he shows person. Up there. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's my number one, uh, Scott. My number one is is Nicholson and Duvall. Um, so basically, saying about about Jack. Ooh, um, same. If we see, he slowly devolves into. Duval. Like, slowly Duval's, yeah. He's still <laughs> too. Um, like at one point when he's like the the axe, he's he's kind of like even doing this like hunched over thing. Um, there's almost like a bestial quality to him. Um, yeah, just at the end when he's in the maze and he's just incoherently just screaming stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's some good stuff. And then her, um, so I, I, I've seen some criticism le- leveled at her performance here, um, but I think she does a, a great job of kind of setting up. I, I think she, in a way, it's she had the the harder of the of the two. Um, she always has to start off like with like some barely contained like nervousness and. Um, she's clearly like terrified that he's going to like hurt the their son again. That's always like on the like not far from her thoughts. Yeah. Um, and, you know she's she's trying to keep everybody together, um, like keep things together. Um, and you, like somebody just mentioned, like you see her checking on the boilers and not him, <laughs> even though that's his job. Yeah. Um, you know she's she's doing all the cooking and whatever cleaning they happen to need. I'm, I'm sure. Um, and, and as stuff starts to go sideways, 
and he becomes unhinged. Um, you know, Danny. It's hard to say what happens with Danny because he again sees stuff right off the bat. Like, does the Shining protect him or make things worse for him? It's it's hard to say. But at one point, yeah, he, he completely retreats into himself, and and Tony's just there. Um, so she's she's kind of left alone. Uh, but she um, again does a great job of dropping further and further into into the uh, anxiety and terror of what's going on um, until the end when, you know, she she has to, like, kind of snap herself out of it because she can barely move um, because she's so terrified. Um, She still wants to do right by her son and and save him. Um, And, yeah, I thought that it was really effective. Uh, So I, I did have another question for you guys. Um, as I was watching, so the, the hotel kind of preys on, well, we'll just call it the hotel for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. preys on Jack because he's the weakest of the three. Um, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's got the alcoholism, um, his, his own insecurities are, are become quickly manifest that, um, you know, he's, he's got to be the, res- you know, keeps going on about his responsibilities. Um, you know, he. He, he was never satisfied, like, he seems supremely unsatisfied with his life. Um, so he's kind of an asshole to, to go along with everything else. Um, but you can see why the hotel gets to him so quickly. Um, whereas with her, it's not until the very end that she starts seeing this other stuff, too. So my question and is... she's completely alone in the hotel, also. Because that's mm-hmm. when Danny and Jack are already outside. She's by herself plenty. No, but I mean completely. Like, they're, Danny and Jack are out of the hotel that, that is, They're that, in the hedge that, maze, and that, she's the only living soul in there. That is true. I Maybe that explains some of it, but, but anyways, my, my question was going to be, it, does she start seeing stuff because the hotel is like, like fed enough on all the shit that's been going on to, to start manifesting itself to wake up or whatever, or is it because she's so like like on edge at that point? She's so deep into the like the her her like her terror that she, that the hotel's finally able to get to her. Um, like she's or finally if it's all or if we, it's all psychosis, she's now finally broken down where she's starting to imaginarily see these things. Right. That's what. Well, that's that, that's that's kind of yeah. like what that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, was it because she was strong enough that the hotel still wasn't able to get to her until that point? Um, she started yes. breaking, like, um, which is what I think is why she was like all of a sudden seeing all that stuff. Um, but it never really like the hotel mm-hmm. didn't really have a message for her. Like, it was just kind of fucking with her. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or these individual ghosts, whatever, are like, oh, they can see us now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so they, they were having, they're doing whatever it is they, they do with that. Yeah. Um, Green was would... saying how, how uh, she was a bit more competent uh, and resourceful. So maybe it was, it was also another layer, like trying to take her down a peg to make her. Uh, right. So That's... that she'd be easier prey for Jack. Well, I think they wanted, wanted Jack to kill her. Like either way, but 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 yeah, but I, this I, would like, be making it easier. Stuff was, was incidental, um, 
but uh, at any rate, I, I I do think it's interesting because that again that was one of the the criticisms that Stephen King uh, laid at at, at Duvall's feet and, and Kubrick's was that he said her her character was was like just very mis- like a misogynistic character because she's she's always like in fear and screaming and stuff. But I I would argue the opposite that like that she was way stronger than 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 Jack's character. She yeah. was able to hold it together, you know, until she was like, like really looking death in the face. Um, yeah, she had to beat her husband with a baseball bat. And then, you, and even then, it wasn't until like she was like still even more worried about her son um, that that again she she started seeing all the things. Yeah. Um. So I I would say that she was was a stronger character than than I think Stephen King has, has given her credit for. Um. Agreed. Anyways, yeah, just I, I I was really thinking about like why she started seeing stuff just then. So that's because she didn't eat her spinach. <laughs> she did not eat her spinach. Did, did not listen to Popeye. So, so you guys, so the very end where she sees Grady and he's in the suit with the bloody face and holds up the martini glass or whatever. That, well, that's not Grady. Yeah, I didn't think that was Grady. That's you think that was Grady? Character. That's a, that was completely different. No, I thought it was, yeah, just some rando. Like, uh, I, think I was reading the, the trivia. Party. Like, the trivia explains who that was, but okay. you, you'd only know if you, like, read the books. Like, it doesn't, okay. the movie does nothing to explain that. All right, well, I thought it was Grady. Anyway, it really doesn't matter. Do you remember when Eric used to have that as, like, one of his pictures he'd always send around? Just, <laughs> it was him, him and uh, or Uncle Ernie. Anyway. It's a heck of a part. Right. What does he say? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex, number one. Uh, number one was also Jack and Wendy. Uh, I cannot <laughs> leave uh, Shelley, poor Shelley Duvall off of this list. And on the number one, I mean, Jack Nicholson, phenomenal performance. Uh, that's why a lot of moments are with him. But yeah, Shelley Duvall does uh, a lot of the yeoman's work, as Scott likes yep. to say. And uh, she, uh, I mean, it was really fucked up of Kubrick to be bullying her on set pretty much nonstop. But, I mean, it worked. It sucks. Uh, I think Shelley's gone on record as saying that, yeah, it's one of the the best experiences and performances she's ever done, and she never wants to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Kudos, right. Shelley Duvall. All right. Um, before we get honorable mentions, I just happened to look at the Academy Awards for this, for this year, and uh, yeah, nothing... No Kubrick, no Jack, no Shelley, no cinematography. Oh, that it should have won for cinematography. Nothing. It's, it's crazy how people just weren't into it at the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there are some big hitters this year, but still. I mean, like Best Picture was Ordinary People, and there's Elephant Man and Raging Bull, and the directors were Robert Redford, David Lynch, Martin Scorsese, Roman Polanski. So, I mean, it's a heavy, you know, a big list, but still. Uh, actor was Robert Duvall, John Hurt, Jack Lemmon, Peter O'Toole, Robert De Niro. I mean, these are aces here, but still, come on. Wait, who directed um, Elephant Man? Uh, Elephant Man was David Lynch. Okay. All right. For some reason, I was thinking that was also Kubrick. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) He did both of these movies this year? I was like, no, that can't be right. No, he's like, didn't he do like one movie every... Eight or ten years or something. 
He had a Probably. long. Yeah, it was yeah. something like that. I'm a Spartacus. All right, anything else before we rate it? Uh, this movie's great. Go watch it, people. <laughs> All right. Uh, as usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7. 1 being absolute garbage, 7 being perfection. Uh, this is perfection for me. This is, gets an easy 7. Scott. Uh, yeah, this is, this is also a 7. This is exemplary, uh, like, just movie making in general. Uh, but, but certainly at the, at the very top of the genre. Um, it, it's, it's pretty long, but it, it's very engrossing, even if it is a slow mm-hmm. burn, like it, it's, it's just, an, slow burn with intention. Yeah. It's just, yeah. uh, you know, Hallmark filmmaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alex? Oh, we're hitting the jackpot here, boys, because this Whoa. is also a seven for me. All right, I've had one of these in a while. Film. Yeah, the Shinin. Although last week we had three sixes, and now we have three sevens. We're Ooh. moving on up to the east side. That was the other thing too. Like I couldn't give this a six after we came <laughs> to the shadow six last week. Yeah, I mean, I stand by that genres, six. Though. I stand it's by different. that six, but I, 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 yeah, but I feel like there was some explaining to do later down the road. You got hey, some explaining to do. Kenny chips, my favorite food, and I'm over being a vampire. <laughs> All right. Well, now oh, it's time for our great. crossover topic, which is uh, our top twins in movies. Although technically, these girl, yeah. girls weren't twins. They weren't so. twins. Like. <laughs> I forgot that. And we were watching it. They talked about their Yeah, sisters. they're like 8 and 10. I was like, oh, whatever. They look exactly the same. Yeah, they yeah. were the same size. Yeah. They're just twins. We really didn't distinguish whether they really had to be twins or whether they had to be identical or anything. So I think this list is going to be kind of loosey yeah, It's going to help my number one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so my number five goes from legit twins and they're, it's the, the twins that play the, the cops in uh, Terminator 2. Oh, and okay. <laughs> in, in that movie, it's <laughs> yeah. actually supposed to be one guy, but he, cl- you know, T2 clones himself, so they're on screen together. Um, and they're also in other movies, like they're in uh, Good Morning Vietnam, where they actually are, they're both on screen, they're both twins, so. Are those, anyway. Jeff, are those, are those your only Terminator twins? Are those my only Terminator twins? Oh yeah, good one. Uh, yeah. Now you have me. Oh no, I don't have the. Yeah, it is. If yes, sorry. Damn, that's a good one. Anyway, the cops from T two and uh, I said Big Trouble. That's not right. Um, is that Full Metal Jacket or Good Morning Vietnam? Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Scott. Uh. So my number five is uh, just something from my my childhood. Um, and that'd be the Parent Trap, uh, as the as the promo went, starring Haley Mills and Haley Mills. Uh, but this is uh, <laughs> I would visit my grandparents uh, in Arizona. Uh, they had like a rotation of like four or five movies, and this was one of them. So <laughs> I'm watching this a lot. Uh, so this is the, the original Parent Trap, obviously. Um, so again, this is again uh, a twins on screen using using the the, the newfangled split screen technology. Mm-hmm. 
uh, <laughs> but just one actor. Oh shit! Okay, I got an honorable mention now that you mentioned that. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex, what's your number five? My number five is a movie we've covered <laughs> here on HSF, and that would be The Barbarians. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> I thought uh, about it and not do it. If <laughs> you're looking for a terrible movie with big buff dudes in it, you can't go wrong with the Barbarians. They had a few movies. Yeah, Damn. there was that one. There was the one where they were babysitters. There was another right? one where one of them was like a cop and a, one of them was a criminal. Oh, dang. There was another one where they were truckers. Over the top two. <laughs> two over, two top. Yeah, the barbarians. Damn it! Uh, All right, mad at myself. Um, my number four is Austin Powers and Doctor Evil. <laughs> oh yeah, so, yeah. I, forgot. <laughs> I was like, oh no, yeah, they turned out to be twins. Yeah, I forget which movie you actually find out, but uh, it's the, it's the one with Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Whichever one that one is. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Gold Austin member. Powers and Doctor Evil end up being twins. Oh yeah, Gold Member. There it is. Yeah. All right, Scott, number four. Okay. So my number four, uh, <laughs> I this is just uh, an indie movie I saw a long time ago, uh, but there, there's these uh, twins in real life. Uh, that they've they've made a bunch of indie movies together, um, the the Polish brothers. Um, is that their name? Well, in real life, they're I forget their first names, but their last name is Polish. Oh, okay. Um, but it, they did a movie called uh, Twin Falls, Idaho, uh, where they played conjoined twins, uh, uh, Francis hmm. and Blake in that movie. Um, and I don't know, it was, it was something that popped in my head thinking this list. Uh, it was, it was a, uh, very poignant movie. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail. I don't, I doubt anybody's going to watch this. I don't even know how you'd find it, but, uh, Twin Falls, Idaho. Isn't, isn't that the one with Matt Damon and what's his face? That was a Fairley's Brother movie. <laughs> um, oh. the, the, <laughs> Not quite the same. I stuck on you or something. I don't know if that was. <laughs> Not the same. Not the same movie. With Greg Kinnear. Oh yeah, that's who it was. Different movie. That's my number four. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is, <laughs> uh, hello Charlene. I'm Marlene. Hello Marlene. <laughs> I'm Charlene. Honorable mention. <laughs> From Spaceballs, Marlene and Charlene. Chew your gum. Chew your gum. <laughs> nice. It, that, that was one of the first ones I thought of, but I it got pushed down as I kept coming up with others. But glad you have it on your list. Heck yeah! All right. Well, my number three, I have a feeling, is going to be a little higher, definitely on Alex's list, and that'll be the twins. Yeah, much higher. <laughs> Arnold and Danny, <laughs> Julius, and what's his name? Vincent. 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 And that's it. We'll let Alex talk about it later. Twins. Scott, what's your number three? Uh, my number three, 
I, I definitely don't need to explain this to Jeff, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, Final Fantasy VI, uh, Edgar and and Sabin. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, not I the only twins in Final Fantasies we'll get to in my honorable mentions, uh, but uh, the the ones that, that did make my list. Um, yeah, Bigs and Wedge. They're not twins. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, one of them is is. Uh, uh, super buff and they comment on that uh, but uh, still twin brothers nonetheless uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they at least Edgar is integral to the story for the, almost the whole story anyways. yeah he's got chainsaws man he does All right. spoilers chainsaw not that good a weapon yeah I know very situational he's got to use the, the drill <laughs> that's drill and the crossbow one. mm-hmm Alex, number three. My number three is, I forget their names, but the twins from Eurotrip, which are the worst twins <laughs> ever. That's a good one. Damn. End up getting high on the, the, the Green Fairy, Absinthe, and Makeout. <laughs> you literally are the worst twins ever. All right. well, here's a fun fact. You made out with your sister, man. Gross. <laughs> well, my number two are the worst twins ever. And that'd be Jamie and Cersei Lannister. Oh, oh shit. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> God, my, my, my list is... And awful. they didn't just actually make out with each other while they were on uh, the <laughs> ferry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got it on multiple Yay. times and had to throw poor boys out of windows. Um, well, they did it They did it at least four times that we know of. <laughs> there you go. At <laughs> least... Yeah. Yeah, Jamie and Cersei from Game of Thrones. That is my number two. Scott, what's your number two? Uh, God, my list is awful. This is, this is one of my weaker <laughs> lists. Uh, as, as I hear you guys rattle off some things. Uh, number two is uh, uh, Star Wars, Luke and Leia. Yeah. Number one, bro. <laughs> it counts. There's just two obvious not to have on there, so I'll, I'll let you guys talk about that. CGI Baby Twins. CGI babies. Uba, Uba. <laughs> fucking birthing droid. Uh, even though they also they they're also like second worst twins because they also make out. It's true. All the twins yeah. make out. Uh, yeah. Well, they weren't so much making out. That's true. Had a couple kisses. That's true. They were full on Euro Jim. They were full on like <laughs> boner James. All right. Well, Alex, what's your number two? Uh, my number two, not Star Wars, <laughs> because I honestly didn't think about it, but uh, <laughs> from <laughs> possibly, and this is saying a lot, possibly the worst villains in the G.I. Joe cartoon, <laughs> Tomax and Zamot. <laughs> it was the second pair of twins that I thought of right after my that's, number one. That's good, Alex. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that had that whole convoluted uh, scheme to take over Alaska. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Uh, I don't think they were in the G.I. Joe movies. Have you guys seen them? I don't remember. Yeah. They could have been. Probably. There's mm, too I'll much Because I just saw uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. It was just on. They weren't which, which one's the one with... One of them has the rock, one of them doesn't have the rock. It's Retaliation that has the rock. He's Roadblock. Okay. okay. 
All right. Well, mm-hmm. my number one is Luke and Leia from Star Wars. Um, really, there's not much to say. You Ooh. find out in the Ooh. third movie that they are. <gasps> bro- not only are they brother and sister, that they're twins and blah, 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 blah. Um, so. You get to see them born. Revenge <laughs> of the Sith has Alex and Luke Scott have been doing the Uba Uba. <laughs> Uba. All that junk. And yeah, this took me a while. I was like, usually we come to the list and like, all right, is there anything I use from Star Wars? No, I know there's no twins in Star Wars. And then I thought of Jamie and uh, Cersei. And I was like, wait a minute, there's twins in Star Wars. <laughs> Hot and uh, chewy. I, yeah. I, I like, I, I like, like Obi Wan's reasoning here. He's like, okay, I need to split these kids up. I'm gonna send one off to be a princess, like a literal princess <laughs> of a planet. Mm-hmm. The other one, I'm gonna send to like the biggest shithole planet I can think of, and you will live like one step away from slavery. <laughs> That's that was the plan. Obi Wan's well, got some explaining to do. Well, I even think worse he wants to than isolate that. him so you can train him in the Force. Could protect him, but why would you yeah, do it on the one too. place uh, yeah. where you know his dad yeah, is yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. Give him the same last name. <laughs> what is, like, what, what is back there? What, what, what does Pippin say in uh, Two Towers? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've broken. Closer some... we are to danger, the further we are from harm. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think Vader go, ever goes back to Tatooine. Well, he should have if he was looking for his son or anything. Yeah, he wasn't looking. I don't think he knew he had kids. I mean, yeah, you know, he didn't know Padme. He, thought, he knew Padme died, didn't know there was kids. Is, I there, guess. is there like a worse yeah. settled planet than Tatooine? Is there Jakku? a what? Worse settled <laughs> Jakku. I am sure there are. Yeah, I, I, I guarantee wherever you. Ray was, wherever Ray was seemed pretty awful. Jakku, I've said yeah. it three times. <laughs> yeah. Wherever That's that was. basically Tatooine <laughs> too. That place, that, that wasn't. Yeah, the sequel. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, if all the books that are out there and all that crap, that's got to be. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. Luke and Leia. So, Scott, what's your number one? Number one is, is, is Julius and Vincent. Uh, yeah, same. Again, the, the, the amazing channel. I, I say it was channel 13. Alex says it was channel 5. But uh, the, the promo they cut <laughs> for the made-for-TV version of that. Mm-hmm. Why well, watch another movie? When you can see, you two, can see of two of me. What? Twins. Twins. Because we're brothers. <laughs> Identical brothers, as you will see. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. All right. Oh, well, Alex. Same thing. Also twins. Number one. Danny DeVito and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> are fantastic as a pair. Not so much in junior. Well, you know what? I gotta go back and give Junior another shot. No, you don't. <laughs> but they're just a comedy powerhouse in Twins. It's fantastic. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'll mention to to piggyback on Jeff's very first one. You you named the the twins, but you left off Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Also. Um, well, my honorable mentions were Spaceballs, yeah. you already got, uh, the Matrix Twins from Reloaded, which they were kind of lame, but I don't know, it popped Ghosties. into my head. Ghost guys? Yeah. 
And then I have on here, this is the Barbie twins, which were <laughs> a little calendar I had in my room when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> go look it up. The, the Mattel uh-huh. calendar? Yeah, it was a Mattel yeah, calendar. Twins that popped in my head, which I haven't thought about that in years. It was hilarious. A uh, couple, couple more video games. Uh, uh, Billy and Jimmy Lee from Double Dragon. Oh yeah, don't be fooled by the movie, which had like uh, yeah, Mark Dacascos and uh, what's his face from Party of Five. Yeah, um, Bob Costas. Bob Costas, yes, he was the uh-huh. third. It was actually triplets. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Final Fantasy Four, um, and that'd be Palamon Porn. Oh, yeah. Or as I like to name them, mac and cheese. <laughs> I, I never heard that before. <laughs> mac, cheese, no! <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun. Uh, and the sad music plays. Dun, yeah, I know. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, my honorable mention is for Married with Children, when Marcy's cousin comes to visit that one time. I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember that one? They did the whole, because <laughs> they're a stupid you know, TV show, so they had to do the whole parent trap thing <laughs> with the split screen. <laughs> that was great when they showed them all together. Hi, I haven't seen you in a while. And they run up like they're going to give each other hugs, but then they just stop short from the middle of the screen and just wave at each other. Were, were uh, the Spearman twins ever on Married with Children? No, I don't, I don't think know. so. But like I the assume. Swedish bikini team and all that kind of stuff was. But Swedish bikini. All right. Speaking of other sexy twins, the uh, Fukumi and Fukuyu from uh, Austin Powers also gold member. I, I remember the I remember the joke, but I don't remember them at all. It was towards the beginning, and and Basil comes in and interrupts him. It's like Japanese twins, Basil twins. All right, we done? Yeah, I guess so. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Uh, Apparently, there's some guy in the Lakers that got benched for having the clap. What what did we learn, Scott? (laughs) Lakers got benched for having the clap? There was something. I was drunk when I heard this news. Somebody was on the bench and they were, wait, was it tweeting? They were tweeting some bullshit and they got in trouble? Well, the Lakers oh, fought each other on the bench recently. That, that happened. Oh, is that uh, it? Yeah. Like, oh, there you go. It was Dwight um, Howard and Anthony Davis, I think. Somebody had somebody tossed a beer or something? No, they just fought <laughs> each other. They didn't fight. They didn't, there wasn't a fan involved. No, there wasn't the other happened, team. Yeah. yeah, it was Dwight Howard and, and yeah, and the... Uh, Anthony Davis. Yeah, there it is. Oh, <laughs> I really, it's time I really, for really, Neem really, News. Really <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really trying to think of like <laughs> what are you talking about, Alex? Okay, maybe you're talking about. Well, that was your first mistake. Um, anyway, I'm like Stanley Kubrick. Don't try to read in too much to my perfection. It's impossible. <laughs> All right, uh, just a, a hodgepodge here. Um, oh, I love that game. So, uh, something that I, I did steal from Screen Rant. Um, they, they're interviewing Idris Elba. I, I, I think I barely skimmed this, but... Uh, he's going to uh, be fun. He's, he's going to be the voice of Knuckles in the Sonic 2 movie. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but he claims that the voice won't be sexy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that's, that. Im- that's impossible. Yeah, it's not possible. Not possible. Uh, just toss something out there. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, Dune. Yeah. Uh, it opened up to $40 million. So it is pretty much a hit. Um, I'm looking forward to watching this at home. Kind of, kind of picking my spots here when I'm going to go to mm-hmm. the theater. Um, yep. Also, I wasn't excited enough about this to to warrant that trip, anyways. Uh, but yeah, I, I am looking forward to, to sitting down to watch this. Um, I don't know, if, probably won't have time this week, but because um, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it in one sitting. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's gonna be rough so yeah that that's something that's just not gonna happen during the week uh but um or the saturday but uh, at any rate um good news for a second dune movie maybe because uh, there there are a bunch of books in the series so the material is there uh but i'm always happy in general when, when something that this this hardcore sci-fi uh, manages to crack the mainstream. Uh, it kind of opens the door for for more sci-fi stuff to get made. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, as much as I love MCU and Marvel, um, you know, not everything needs to be tentpole. Uh, so maybe, you know, the the message here will be, hey, you know, sci-fi works. So maybe we'll, we'll get some some cool things out of this. Who who knows? Um, I'm assuming neither one of you has, has seen this. Not yet. yet. Nope, I have not. Okay. Denis Villeneuve. I love his movies. I hate the original Dune, so I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can't not be better <laughs> than the original Dune, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got that going for it already. So mm-hmm. let's see. I hear it's a really good RTS, too. <laughs> it is. It's a genre-defining RTS. Mm. I uh, love that game. It's probably my first RTS I ever played. It probably was the first RTS, I think. Uh, uh, moving along. Uh, I've, I've talked about Sex Education, um, the third season that, that got released at the beginning of September, I believe. Um, so, uh, yeah, I finished up with that. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I recommend it. Uh, but the news here is that uh, it's it's been approved for season four, and Netflix will do this weird thing where, um, you know they'll they'll immediately see the numbers like they they'll just they can tell who's watching, and so they'll be like, yep, we'll make another season. Like it's it's just kind of weird to me. Like, yeah, um, how that how that all works contractually because, you know, who says that the main talent wants to be involved with that kind of you know with another season of whatever it may happen to be. Mm-hmm. Um, especially something like this where they they're all the most of the cast are they're like supposed to be high school students although the way they set it up they they do have like at least one more year of or one more season where they could feasibly be in high school um maybe it would be like the grassy where they just keep swipe, swiping the kids i think mean, they, they could they could do that but it seems the show seems pretty invested in the, the current characters they have so hmm. um you will see, and it is—it's really turned into an ensemble thing too. So, uh, kind of hard to start from scratch. Um, but, anyways, so yeah, just good news uh, for me, anyway. 
I I talked previously about the Red Letter Media. I'm doing their John Carpenter review. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I I don't have that much of an opinion about John Carpenter's like bottom tier things. <laughs> like not enough to do full reviews like like they kind of did here or, or short reviews. Like, but Vampire, you don't want to do Vampire? Not really. Vampires, uh, Ghost of Mars. But the one the one guy got it right. Um, uh, the guy that also had um, Halloween down as like number twelve or thirteen or whatever it was uh, below below vampires. Uh, but but he had his number one as uh, Big Trouble in China. So, Damn so everything right. worked out there. The other guy didn't though. The other guy had uh, Big Trouble at like number three yeah, or like four. Th- yeah, three. Like way too low. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween was his number one. Yeah, just Which uh, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen Halloween ever, so I'll, I'll watch it this Halloween weekend since it's coming up. What did what did we, we do it? Did, we did it on the podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm looking to see. How long ago was this? I mean, it's all blurred to me now. Uh, we did yeah, it, no. but it was a number 47, so it was seven oh, years okay. ago. okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I very much remember doing this for the podcast. Yeah. I watch it every year. I mean, I love how... I, I I would put Big Trouble number one as well. Um, but Halloween would be right there. That's it. Wrong movies, get And The Thing. Yeah, Those top three. Scene. And They Live. They Live. We definitely haven't done that one. We have, no, yeah, we haven't. We have not. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun, uh, quick uh, rundown of, of some of my, my favorite movies. Yeah, Carpenter had that, that little stretch there uh, where he made some all-timers. Uh, oh, since since you're on Red Letter Media now, you should watch the uh, the trivia, the Star Trek trivia that they have. Mayhaps. They seem very heavy into Next Gen, which is fine, uh, but uh, not my wheelhouse, as it were. Okay. Well, they, they run the gamut. They have some questions. Well, I was going to say Deep Space Nine, but... Um, oh, right. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, and finally, uh, just movies opening up this week. And I can't... I, I've been avoiding much in the, the way of trailers or pretty much anything else about it, but uh, Last Night in Soho, uh, the new Edgar Wright movie, Ooh, um, opens up at the end of the this week. Oh, it um, opens. I, 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 I have a hard time getting a beat on like exactly what kind of movie this is. Um, whether it's, it was it's like supposed a thriller, to be like right? thriller, more horror. Um, it definitely does not seem like a comedy, though. Uh, yeah. That said, um, you know Edgar Wright does like to kind of blend in um, other genres into into whatever the the main thing is that he's doing. Um, so either way, I'm. I'm this is something I, I definitely want to see. Um, again, I don't know if I want to go to the theaters for this just yet, but uh, this is something that's it's been on my radar for a while. Um, this is one of those movies that's, that's kind of been in limbo, um, and I, th- I think got I don't know if it got canned for a while because of COVID or just delayed. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this is I think been in production for for quite some time. 
Um, you know, Edgar Wright, uh, is, is not, not that prolific of a director. Um, so I'm always, always very interested to, to see whatever his, his new thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, at the, on the 29th is Last Night in Soho. And uh, that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, cinematic or uh, television universes, the, the second most popular one, of course, is the Chicago universe. And uh, it, yeah, it seems like a lot, a lot of the cast members are swapping out. They're done. So a lot of people are leaving. Are they, are they moving to Los Angeles? Perhaps <laughs> New York? I think they're going to go over to uh, Seattle and join the uh, Grey's Anatomy universe. Because... Hmm. They also have two shows. Like, oh I, I hear the... Not everything has to be a fucking universe. I, I hear the Hoboken. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, see, like, that's on the rise. Uh, aside from that, I've just been watching Seinfeld. I'm, I'm hooked all over again <laughs> since it's been on Netflix. Just watching it again. For, for whatever reason, my wife started watching them like at season eight. But I started all the way from season one, so we're watching them at different timelines, and they're both just fantastic. <laughs> like, uh, I think I messaged you guys, the last episode I saw was the one with Milos and the, the, the tennis pro that just sucked at tennis. Yeah. Oh, so good. I've started watching two from season one. It, the first few are kind of rough. <laughs> yeah, but, but there's still some good, like, yeah, there's I some wouldn't good say gut busters, but I, I, I laugh. At least once in every episode. Yeah. On season one so far. It's also just some weird, like, Jerry's apartment's different. Like, there's, like, an elevator. Like, they never show his elevator. It was a scene where they get in the elevator. It was weird. <laughs> and, and the pilot, he actually calls Kramer Kessler. Yeah. Uh, before NBC paid the real Kramer money to use his name. Yeah. Pretty funny. Um, all right. Anything else? Nope. That's it. Alright. Uh, Jeff, anything you wanted to go over? Uh, not really. I would play a little bit of Junkenstein. Uh, you whore. Yeah, when? <laughs> I play in the afternoon. Oh, pfft. I got lunch break. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What if I ever play it at night, I'll let you guys know, but usually not. The night time <laughs> is the right time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. I don't think I've watched anything. <laughs> So, yeah, I heard I did, some Star I Wars did. news today, but they're kind of spoilers, so I won't share any of that. Mm, okay. I did. Uh, my my computer's still dead, um, so I, I played through Super Metroid again. <laughs> cool. It it was cool. Uh, Saw the choice, yeah. Like it uh, took me because it tells you after the credits like how long it took you. Um, so it's like a solid like seven hours. Stretched out over like four days, five days. Yeah, nice. So I recommend it. Everybody's got the Nintendo Online service. You can just plop it on. It didn't even look that bad. I, I turned on the CRT filter, and it actually like didn't even, didn't even look the like mm-hmm. all that out of sorts. No, yeah, because the artists back then they used to design their pixel art based on the CRT lines. So it, a lot of the times it looks way better with, with the right, uh, right. filter. It is. It is unfortunate though with the the online service that you can't turn off the stupid, uh, yeah, like Nintendo bars on the left and the right. But uh, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, thanks for listening, everybody.
Patreon.com slash Hans first. Yes. We at Hans Shot First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shot First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. <laughs>